Walmart believes every community should be a healthy community. That's why they've built a nationwide network of 59,000 healthcare professionals who help them care for the communities they serve. Last year, their pharmacists administered millions of flu shots, and now they're preparing more than 5,000 Walmart and Sam's Club locations to administer the COVID-19 vaccine. Because Walmart isn't just in your community, they're part of it. Learn more at walmart.com slash COVID vaccine. We're grateful to have our friends at Sleep Number sponsoring the Thrive Global podcast. Discover the Sleep Number bed that adjusts on each side. It's perfect both for you and your partner. With their Sleep IQ technology at your fingertips, you'll know just what to adjust to get your best sleep. Does your bed do that? Check them out at sleepnumber.com slash thrive. Hi, I'm Arianna Huffington. Welcome to the Thrive Global podcast. Our mission at Thrive Global is to help us become healthier and happier while at the same time being more creative and productive simply by rejecting burnout and prioritizing our well-being. But how do we do that in today's hyper-connected world? That's what we'll be exploring in each episode. Tune in for conversations with people whose success doesn't just come at the cost of their well-being. For today's episode, we're really excited to welcome Andre Wiguidala of the Golden State Warriors. He's an NBA All-Star who was named the 2015 Finals MVP and who took home gold as part of the United States Olympics team in 2012. Now too shabby. Andre is connected with Thrive Global in a couple of ways. First of all, he's an investor, and then he serves on our advisory board. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say that he's the tallest member of our advisory board, and I'll go even further out on a limb here and say that he also has the highest vertical jump of anybody on our advisory board. So, Andre, you and I met a few years ago at a conference organized in Aspen by Charlie Rose. And we shared a stage where we talked to a room of um, high-charging, driven, largely CEOs of how prioritizing sleep is directly linked to improved performance. And I'll never forget this room of cynics becoming convinced when they saw your stats on the screen and they saw the correlation between your sleep and uh, your performance and how your performance, which was always pretty awesome, skyrocketed. So I would love our listeners to hear how that wasn't always the case for you. In fact, in your early years in the NBA, your sleep and recharging routines were very different. So tell us about them and, and tell us what brought about the change. Yeah, so um, early in my career, um, I would even go as far back as my playing days in college where it was, you know, stressful times of performing on the court, going to class and having that window of uh, opportunity open up as, as in regards to the NBA and getting calls from many people saying that I had the ability to play at the professional level. So that I think that's where it kind of started. And, you know, I'm young and I'm just flying around. Um, just, you know, 
to a ball of energy. So it wasn't as hard for me to not get much sleep and nap here, nap there and be ready to play. That routine kind of stuck with me and those bad habits stuck with me um, all the way up to probably about my ninth year in the NBA. And as I've gotten older, I've tried to, uh, I shouldn't say perfect, but I've tried to pretty much try to perfect, you know, everything that goes on um, around the game of basketball that, that can help me become a better player and, and that can help my lifestyle. Even when I'm done playing, um, I'm, I'm looking to better in every area. And sleep was one of those areas where I noticed that, you know, I wasn't sleeping too well at night. I was going to bed really late. And in the daytime, I was taking these really long naps. And, you know, I'd be a little bit, you know, groggily uh, throughout the course of the evenings uh, from the long nap. So I sat down with a sleep therapist and I basically took a crash course in, you know, sleep one-on-one, you know, how to get the proper (laughs) rest, uh, go through temperature in the bedroom, the types of sheets you have, um, types of food you eat, you know, at what time should I take a shower before bed, you know, and then how to track it and all those things, um, where I saw had great benefits once we started getting enough data and you saw some results and you started seeing benefits on the court. So ever since that time, you know, um, sleep is probably my number one priority. So Andre, tell us specifically what, for example, is the ideal temperature? For me, um, because I'm a professional athlete, you notice that, you know, we use it correlation with a car or um, an engine running. You know, you drive a car for, a hundred miles and, and you drive it pretty fast, it's going to be running and it's going to be hot for a while. I'm usually on the court getting ready to play the game around six o'clock. The game's not until seven thirty, and then we're not, the game's not over until around nine thirty ten. 10. So my engine's running for about four hours there and I'm getting home and it's still running. So I noticed that I have to have a lower temperature and, and, and my temperature is around 67. So I keep it around there. Um, and maybe sometimes a little lower uh, after games. And then what about uh, the specifics of the ideal shower time and um, screens in your bedrooms? Give us as much detail as you can. So in in regards to showers, um, you know, like game nights, I'm showering right after the game, Um, but you pretty much want to leave 30 to 45 minutes it's the same idea as far as uh, temperature of shower being important as well. If you take a shower, you don't want it to be steaming hot and then try to go right to bed because once again, an engine's running, you know, your body temperature's really high and it kind of turns your body back on. So you got to give yourself enough time uh, to cool down after you shower, to relax. Um, screen time. Screen time is about 30 minutes. You know, I've kind of gotten trouble with that lately, <laughs> especially especially with the playoffs coming, you know, you want to check the scores and check the highlights, see what other teams are doing. And, uh, you know, I watch a lot of golf, so I have to make sure that the uh, TV's off, you know, 30, 45 minutes before bed. And uh, the phone, the phone I've really gotten good with, you know, I turn the phone on airplane mode. That's like a habit. You know, my phone, go, the phone goes on airplane mode. It goes right off and uh, my phone doesn't disturb me at all anymore. And, and so your phone would, goes on airplane mode 30 minutes before you're going to go to sleep yes around there 20 to 30 minutes and Mm -hmm. my wife's been pretty on me pretty tough about that as far as uh unplugging she likes to use that term Mm -hmm. when do you unplug and uh when i'm sleep 
I unplug. So I, I, I pray nothing bad happens because I won't be able to be reached, which <laughs> is, it actually isn't a good thing. I sleep, I've been sleeping really well and I sleep right through the night. And if at any point you wake up in the middle of the night, are you ever tempted to go to your phone and turn it on again? Not at all. It's interesting. Um, it's almost like giving up certain foods. Like I've given up certain foods and I don't have, I'm never tempted to go back and get it. Even when I see it, it's the same thing when I wake up, uh, if I wake up in the middle of the night, which is pretty rare now, rare now, um, I don't even touch the phone. If I do look at the phone to see what time it is, you know, just trying to figure out what time it is, but never turning it on to see if I missed any messages. You have more willpower than I have, Andre, because <laughs> I charge my phone outside my bedroom uh, because I don't trust myself if I wake up, especially if I'm if I don't fall right back asleep, not to go straight to my phone. And um, we manufactured, in fact, at Thrive Global, a, a little phone bed that's really a charging station that looks like a phone bed, and it has a little blankie, and you put your phones under the blankie, and you tuck them in, and you say goodnight. I have to send you one <laughs> for your older kids. I know That's a good idea. I know you're about to have your, your third child, but your older ones are now 10 and 7, right? Yes. Do they have phones yet? Um. The 10-year-old does not have a phone. He has an iPad, mm-hmm. and he does not want a phone. He's uh, His mother has scared him into getting a phone. My daughter, <laughs> does have a, my daughter does have a phone. The 7-year-old has a phone. Uh, but she's not, she doesn't use it as much as other kids. So I'm really on her about the phone and not using it and not getting too uh, distracted with having one. Great. Well, I'm sending phone beds for both kids. Because like we are now seeing that um, kids, especially when they get into their teen years and they're snapping and tweeting with their friends, they're very tempted to go to their phones in the middle of the night. And that really, as you know, uh, disturbs the sleep cycle. But especially yes. for you, when it's game day, um, does the sleep and rest routine change? Is it... Um, more intense or is it more or less the same? Um, on game days, I try to get into bed a little earlier because I wake up earlier. Um, so on game days, uh, I wake up a little earlier, about an hour and a half earlier. and I, Or I might go to the gym earlier and, sh- and shoot before we have a shoot around light practice, what we call it. Um, and I used to nap for a really long time, but I don't really nap. I take about an hour nap. I keep it around an hour. Um after the shoot around. So between uh, 2.30 and 3.30 around there, I take a small nap or two to three. Um, but I actually try to make sure I go to bed earlier on game days or at least in in kind of that, uh, I'm headed in that direction earlier. Mm-hmm. So just shutting things down. So it's kind of interesting because you've made it very clear that technology disrupts your sleep and therefore you avoid it. But technology can also help you track your sleep uh, through wearables. Uh, do you wear something to track your sleep? I use the uh, Sense app through the uh, Hello Company with uh, James Prout. Yes, we and met him together. Remember at my yes. home in LA. Yes, we met. Uh, and then I've been to his uh, offices here in the Bay, um, in San Francisco. And uh, that's been pretty good for me. It uh, tracks the humidity in the room, the light in the room, uh, the temperature, and uh, my sleep. 
and any motion in me moving around. So that's been a big help for me as far as thinking about uh, why didn't I get a good night's sleep if right. I don't. If it shows that I didn't get a good night, it's like what happened, what occurred the day before um, that caused that. You know, was it something I ate? Was it fried foods? Um, you know, did I have my phone before I went to bed? Mm-hmm. Was I watching TV? So those are the type of things that I use now because, you know, I'm in such a good routine uh, and you want to stay in that routine. And you don't want to fall off. Yes, and you're human. So uh, changing habits is not easy, right? And yes, yes, very difficult. So, in fact, uh, how long did it take you to change your routine? A lot of people ask me that question. How how long did it take you to go from your old habits to your new habits? Uh, for me, it wasn't it wasn't uh, as bad. It didn't take too long. Uh, it probably took me about a week or two. But for others, I think it could be tougher. I think for myself, I can be a little crazy in trying to prove myself wrong and just go cold turkey. And it's just something I've kind of taught myself to do. I've done it with food and different things like that. But um, I would encourage others to do it, you know, one thing at a time, kind of a, a slow process. You know, first you cut out the TV, then you cut out the cell phone, uh, then you work in the temperature, then you work in, you know, how late you're taking showers. You know, you just kind of slowly but surely get to that point you're trying to to do things and, and not just make this huge overhaul with your lifestyle and, you know, drive yourself crazy trying to get there. So, you know, I would encourage a lot of people to just try to take it one step at a time. I completely agree with that. In fact, our whole philosophy at Thrive Global is based on micro steps. And um, every little step leads to another step. And we don't do it perfectly. We're all works in progress. But if we see it as micro steps, it's much easier to stick um, to new habits. And I'm sure something that really reinforced them for you is the fact that you had such incredible results. You know, I... I still remember from that first presentation we did in Aspen uh, how dramatic your results were. I mean, I have them actually right here, that your points per minute went up by 29%, free throws up by 8.9%, three-point shots up by 9.2%. It's pretty phenomenal. I mean, even for somebody who is not a, a, a sports expert like me, <laughs> and this is really impressive. Yeah, and I think that it, it kind of it wasn't it wasn't just the games. We know our practice better, my preparation was better. You know, like I would go to the gym um, at night, and I felt refreshed. And you know, you're more productive. You know, your pr- productivity goes up. You know, you you you're more useful with your time. You know, it's you know you get in, you can actually get more done in a shorter period of time um, if you're all locked in. And I think the sleep plays a huge part in that. So. That was that was really important to me. And then even when I was lifting weights and those little things that's not on a basketball court that are helping me become a better basketball, you know, I can tell I was well rested. You know, I was lifting uh, more efficient, you know, so just everything uh, all around was helping me um, perform just based on the sleep part. You know, Andre, we focus on efficiency and performance, but but also for me. One of the things that's changed, and I wonder if it's the same for you, is how much happier and more joyful I am. I, yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I found I find that when I'm exhausted and sleep deprived, I kind of um, lose that uh, vibrancy and that joy in life and that sense of gratitude about the good things. 
Yes. And and when I get that good sleep, I'm usually the first one to practice because I'm waking up earlier and, you know, everyone's like, you're in the, you know, jovial, you're chippy, (laughs) you're in a great mood. And, you know, I'm always lifting weights in the morning. And they're like, why you lift weights in the morning before practice? Why not after? I'm like, because I'm up early. I just, you know, I'm just, I got great sleep. I'm ready to go and, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to, trying to maximize my time. So it definitely has helped me a lot. We are going to take a quick break to share a sleep tip brought to you by our sponsor, Sleep Number, because a good sleep routine is the foundation for thriving. Today's sleep tip is to turn off your electronic devices 30 minutes before bedtime. I'm talking to the 70% of Americans who sleep with their phones near their beds, who the demands of work and family and our glowing screens and buzzing devices, we are hyper-connected with the world, often from the second we wake up to the second we finally fall asleep. And it's harming our ability to fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up recharged. Science shows that the blue light emitted from our devices suppresses melatonin, the hormone that helps us fall asleep. It's like an anti-sleeping drug telling our brains to stay awake. Equally important, these devices are the portal to our to-do lists as well as our worries and anxieties, making it impossible to slow down our brains. So tonight, turn off your devices, gently escort them outside your bedroom. Thanks again to our friends at Sleep Number. Discover the Sleep Number bed with Sleep IQ technology at sleepnumber.com slash thrive. Now, what about travel? You travel a lot. How have you managed to maintain your sleep discipline while you travel? You go into strange hotel rooms. Is there a sort of a, a protocol around temperature, making your rooms dark? Do you have like advanced people who go into your hotel rooms and and get them in the proper state? We've done a lot of things. I think, I think our team is kind of ahead of the curve as far as making sure that the players are um, in the most comfortable situations, whether we're at home or away with from food to, you know, how we're sleeping. Because, you know, sometimes we'll be in a city too late after a game and instead of just flying back, We'll stay that night so we can get a proper night's rest and then we'll sleep the next morning. So um, our team does a really good job and we've had discussions with hotels about bedding, whether we can make them firmer or softer pillows. Uh, So for me, um, I kind of brought these ideas to them. You know, the training staff does a good job of working with the players and trying to make sure we're all in a good state. And the first thing I do when I go in the hotel is just get the temperature right, right away. The temperature is usually around 72 when you go into a hotel and I just turn it down a couple of notches, um, kind of set up the room, uh, making it a little darker uh, to make sure, you know, there's no light coming in um, too early so it doesn't wake me up. Um, it's interesting because I've, I've got the habit of turning my phone on airplane mode on the road where that was really hard for me at first because at home, you know, the family's there. I'm, I know everyone's safe, but on the road, it was a little bit more difficult for me, but now I'm to the point where, you know, I'm really unplugging on the road, which is, uh, that's, that was really hard for me. So, um, I'm patting myself on the back for, for getting <laughs> that part taken care of. That's fantastic. You know, I even traveled with black tape because, uh, I'm now so sensitive to light. I use it to put it over all the little blinking lights. Have you noticed how many blinking lights there are in hotel rooms, like the TV, yes. the alarm clock, the smoking detector, 
um, one thing after another. Literally, you can spend 10 minutes blocking all the blinking lights. Yes, I've had fun uh, repositioning so many pillows <laughs> over the radio and over the alarm clock because that, that, that blue light just drives me crazy at night. <laughs> and have all your teammates, you don't have to mention names, but have they all gone along with the program or are there some skeptics on the team? Um, I, we've had some guys who have really bought in and, and I think it's really helping them. Uh, I won't name names, but one of the guys actually using it in one of his uh, ad campaigns, one of his endorsements where uh, he's big into the floating. You know, you sit into a floating tank that's full of uh, it's heavily, heavily um, diluted in salt and it kind of promotes healing. But you sit in this this pod and you go to sleep and just like 100 percent relaxation like you just go into this play space and you relax and you sleep but you're all your body's also healing so i know he's one of the guys who uh sleep is important to him because you know when he's on the court he's a high performer and uh we know when he hasn't had his sleep and, and we know after three or four games we're like okay you haven't been sleeping in a while you got to make sure you get back on it and he'll get right back into it and then we know he'll have his legs back and he has his you know he has his uh that bounce and that sprint about them. So um, we're trying to, the hard, the younger guys are the harder guys to get to understand because, you know, they recover a little bit faster and they don't have the same pains that the older guys have because they haven't been doing it as long. But as the guys get older, they're looking for more and more ways to, you know, um, play at the high level. And, and those are the type of things you have to do to do that. So if you look back at all the games you've played uh throughout your life, some before you saw the light when it comes to sleep and unplugging some after. Can you actually uh, track some games that maybe were lost because um, um, some members of the team were sleep deprived? Um, well, we've had, we won at a high percentage, but there's nights, maybe we've won, but I've been, you know, I'm kind of like the player coach of the team where I, I always have to keep the the pulse of the team, see where we're at. And there have been nights where we've won, but I've been a little bit upset because we haven't been as sharp and we, we haven't been to our best. You know, I always say, you know, we're not playing against – we're so good, we're not playing against other teams most nights. We're playing against ourselves. And the ultimate goal is to obviously win a championship. So we got to play at our highest level uh, more consistently than anyone else. And if we do that, it sets us up for the, the best odds to actually win a championship. So nights when we aren't playing well, maybe we do win. I'm still on guys like, hey, you know, that wasn't us at our best, you know, and don't be satisfied with that win just because we won. You know, we only, we're only satisfied when we play to the best of our abilities. I'd rather us play as good as we can and lose than play really bad and win. And a lot of guys don't understand that, but um, that's where I'm coming from, you know, getting your proper rest. You know, um, being focused, you know, locking in, um, playing together. And, you know, that first thing I said, getting a proper rest is, is really important, especially when you're on the road for, you know, seven games and uh, 14 days all on the road. You know, that takes a toll on your body. I love that you are not just an amazing player, but a player coach. And uh, one thing you said uh, once when we were doing a conversation at Stanford, um, stayed with me and this was how you were playing golf with your wife and uh, you said how she's a really good golfer but she does things with her mind when she kind of judges herself if she misses 
um, something, if she doesn't play as well, and then she misses something else because she's still reliving um, the past. And you basically realize how what's happening in your brain, what are you doing with your mind, um, is also an important part of performance. Yes, you know, it's, it's, you know, living in the past can haunt you. And I have a teammate who's really good at what he does because he forgets everything that happened before or mm-hmm. in the past. Even and like a, when you say in the past, you mean even a minute before. <laughs> yes, 10 seconds before. I, you know, I have a teammate who he'll, he'll miss 10 shots in a row and then you'll throw it to him and he'll shoot it without even thinking about it, which is a skill that not many have. It, you know, some guys, you miss two or three shots. It's like, don't pass me the ball. But this guy is like, <laughs> the next one is 100% going in and he has that confidence. And that's something that you can't teach, I don't think. That's that's a real skill that you have to have or, or you have to build yourself to that place. And that's having that confidence and um, that's your mind, I think, being locked in and being focused on the moment. I know, quite a gift. But meditation helps with that, doesn't it? Yes, I think meditation um, definitely helps for those who don't have it naturally. Yes. For a lot of people, it doesn't come natural. But I think the mind is a powerful thing that you can will it to do anything, um, I think, with good intent. And if you have good intent and you work your mind to that place, then, you know, you'll grow, you'll, you'll slowly but surely get to that place you're trying to get to. So have you now become a regular meditator? Um, I do yoga probably two, two times a week at least, sometimes mm-hmm. three. And that is my meditation space. Um, I've done yoga uh, in 10 minute increments, um, maybe on the plane, I've tried it on the bus ride. I've tried it or in the locker room. I've tried it. Um, I found probably in my hotel room is the best place where you can pretty much zero out any noise. But, um, I enjoy the last 10 minutes of yoga where, you know, you're kind of laying on your back and, um, Shavasana, right? When you play the corpse. Yes. (laughs) And you kind of just shut everything off and, um, the whole 50 minutes before that 10 minutes is you're ready to pass out because it's hot. Um, and you don't know if you can make it through where you're not thinking about, it's almost like golf where I'm not thinking about anything else, but you know, all everything I just went through is for my body to be in a better state when I'm done. So I can just kind of throw everything into the ground and relax the last 10 minutes. And that's probably my, you know, my favorite 10 minutes, uh, of that day. Mm. I love that. And you also said that you don't mind letting your mind wander and um, just let it go wherever it goes. Yes, I've learned that um, through my meditation, uh, a piece of it as they they walk you through uh, your 10 minutes of meditation that your mind can wander for a couple minutes, you know, two minutes. Mm -hmm. Just let it wander wherever it may wander. And, you know, and then in two minutes you bring it back to a place where you shut everything off. So um, I think that's good to have kind of like, it's like traffic, it's free flowing. You know, you're not worried about crashing. It just goes where it goes. And Mm -hmm. then you bring it back to, you know, where it's supposed to be. 
Well, that's one of the problems with technology, the way it um, robs us of that ability to imagine and to wonder and even to be occasionally bored uh, because it has uh, hijacked our minds. And um, you see that all around us with how addictive it has become. How do you manage your relationship with technology? I don't mean just before you go to sleep or when you're asleep, but during the rest of the day. I like to call my wife the warden. Yeah, it's a good and a bad <laughs> thing. It's a good thing, I would say, because she she tells my son that you have to manage time where you're not active and you have to sit down and read or you have to sit down and just reflect on your day. Uh, his screen time is very limited where he's only allowed to watch TV a certain amount of time per day or he's only allowed to be on his iPad. And it's kind of rubbed off on me a little bit. So now we have, you know, scheduled reading time, which is something I never thought I'd have as an adult. But it's actually good for me. You know, it gives you a chance to just sit down and you can turn your mind off to, you know, the triggers that just draw you in and may not be productive for you. You know, sometimes you catch yourself uh, on social media for 20 or 30 minutes. And when you're done, you just realize you didn't see anything. And it's like, where did the last 30 minutes go? (laughs) So um, I'm I'm really uh, conscious of that, and it's funny because I say it to my teammates at sometimes, and they're like, "Who are you? Our, our father? Who are you? The older father?" It's like, leave us alone. But it's like, you know, I can see them locked into their phones, and um, I have really close friends from back home, and when we have dinners now, we we do this thing called phone stack, where we stack our phones in the middle of the table, and it's like. If you touch your phone, either you're paying for the dinner or you got to pay $20. So, um, <laughs> But what we notice is this draws great engagement. You know, we're talking about different things. You know, we're checking on each other. Uh, it sparks great conversation. And uh, it's kind of something that uh, a ritual we've uh, we've grown to have that's really good for us. Yes, it becomes a much deeper connection, much more intimate. And uh, it's probably connected also with your faith because you, for your faith, you've has been an important part of your life. Um, how does it come into your daily life? Well, yes. Um, I've seen that technology is, can can be helpful towards that. Like you have to learn how to use technology to your benefit. So I have a, a group chat with a lot of guys with similar uh, beliefs as me. And we encourage everyone every morning. And, you know, it's guys in New Orleans, it's guys in San Antonio, it's guys in New York, different cities amongst the NBA. And, we keep in touch with everybody by, you know, sending uh, verses or scriptures or sending, you know, uh, motivational quotes to, you know, make sure we're all grounded and make sure our, our where we're trying to be is uh, a common place of, of peace and uh, well-being and health and uh, everyone's checking on each other. So uh, it's really good for you to kind of, you know, sit back and reflect. Are these friends who are all players or not necessarily? Uh, it's players and some coaches. Mm-hmm. So um, it's interesting because we keep adding to it as well. You know, um, we see someone who, you know, may ask to join or who could be of help, who could benefit from him, and uh, they join right in and, you know, they're engaged right away. So it's really helpful to all of us, you know, because all of us need a little boost at times or all of us could, you know, give some type of advice at any given moment. And um, it's just kind of like a, a brothership that's, been uh useful to all of us that's great so it's like your little tribe 
Yes, yes, it just keeps growing. Keeps and you growing. can reach you can reach out to each other before a game or when you need support and be there for each other. Yes, and, and that's the, you know, whenever we added uh, a new player or coach, you know, that's the first thing we say, you know, we're all here for each other. You know, if you need anything, make sure you reach out. We'll all be doing the same. And, um, you know, the trust is really, really built in there. I love that. That's fantastic. And it's really about our lives being more about um, the next game and about something bigger, which is probably what also drives a lot of your philanthropy, which is becoming a bigger and bigger part of your life. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so um, that's uh, something that, um, you know, I've really been looking uh, forward to continuing um, as I'm, you know, getting order and can affect more people. And uh, it's interesting because I affect more of those, more of my peers. And that's the message that I, you know, let a lot of them know is, you know, how are we giving back and how are we taking care of the the next generation and making sure they're taking care of the next generation. So you see, you know, a lot of kids who are influenced by us and just making sure, um, just making sure that uh, it's not about what you see at times, you know, it's about um, the legacy you leave behind, what you stand for. You know, it's not about, you know, okay, I had a really good game. I scored a lot of points, but, you know, uh, that's not all who I am. Um, I was just at a boys and girls club uh, two weeks ago. And, you know, we did a we did a whole seminar on, you know, there's only 400 basketball players out of, what, seven or seven billion people in the world. You know, the percentages to get here are, uh, astronomical, but there is a place for you inside the game of basketball, whether you be a reporter, whether you be a trainer, you know, you can be a coach. Um, you know, there's technology involved, uh, sports. Uh, we had the head Nike shoe designer there who, if kids were in the art, they can design shoes. Uh, there are so many lanes surrounding the game. Um, you know, we have chaplains, uh, every game ministry. So, um, just letting kids know that there are many opportunities for them to um, do something that they enjoy doing or being part of something they enjoy being a part of, such as basketball. So um, I'm always uh, enjoying being around kids. You know, the Warriors and the NBA do a really good job of uh, having community events. Uh, we have a minimum of the actual amount of events that uh, we have to be a part of. And for me, it's, I'm always requesting being with the kids and um uh, because that's, you know, that, I don't consider that going to work. It's just uh, something that I enjoy doing. I love that. And recently, the other side of your life is business ventures and investing. And in fact, Fast Company recently called you the NBA's ambassador to Silicon Valley and um, wrote that your investment portfolio is heavy in fitness and sleep technology. So I love, I love how... Um, your life is kind of um, integrated around your own practices, what you give to others, and even what you're investing in. So how did you start getting so interested in investing and um, making that a bigger and bigger part of your life? I think with the investing, um, just trying to surround myself with the right people who have good intentions and, um, you know, you, you do so much um, you're, I'm so involved in the game of basketball. Uh, you see things good and bad. You see things on the court, off the court. And, you know, history is 
there for us to learn and improve and become better in the future. So, you know, you see a history of NBA players and, you know, some may struggle with uh, their finances or, you know, how to handle uh, being a businessman. You know, all we've ever been taught was just how to be a basketball player. But as, you know, generations keep going forward, you know, you try to, you know, um, cover any holes or fill any holes with the proper knowledge or getting guys to be more well rounded in um, different areas and business is one of those uh, you know we were able to generate a certain amount of wealth uh, that we're going to have to manage when we're done being basketball players so uh, investing and investing in tech um, was something that uh, appealed to me early and having an opportunity to play so close to Silicon Valley and understanding that and trying to brand myself as someone who was interest, interest, interested in it meeting the right people having the right conversations uh, networking uh, with some of the top VCs, uh, it's been a great ride, uh, more educational than anything. And, you know, I think, the, you know, being the face of the tech for NBA players, the main goal for me was to give that information to more players and let them see that side of it. And, you know, here's the platform and, and here's how you you take this avenue and, and these are the different stops you have to make and understanding it's just as hard as, you know, becoming an NBA player, but you know, you overcame that and, and here's something else you can um, have a passion for and excel in. Well, Andre, I learned something from you every time we talk and just to wrap up, wherever I go, I'm constantly asked for recommendations and tips. So what are your three favorite life hacks that you want to leave us with three life hacks oh that's a really good question um i got two right off the top uh sleep more at night (laughs) um eat well um i think uh your health is something you can't buy and Mm -hmm. health is something that um you have to take head on and, you know, you're going to have to make some sacrifices as far as your health, you know, um, what you consume is a big part of that. And I made some huge changes recently that I'm still, um, still perfecting as far as what I consume. So sleeping, eating, and, um, enjoying your time with family and friends, I think is a big one as well. Um, you know, I don't think you just relationships are hard to replace. And uh, once you establish uh, those special relationships with friends and family, um, I think you want to cherish those moments. Andre, thank you so much. Such great advice. Um, really grateful for your time. Look forward to seeing you again. And thank you. Thank you. Ariana, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate everything that you've helped me with and, um, anytime uh, you ever need me, I'm there because of what you've done for me. So just want to always say thanks to you and appreciate everything you've done. Thank you, dear Andre. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening today. We hope you heard something that inspired you or empowered you. Be sure to subscribe to the Thrive Global podcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts and stay tuned to thriveglobal.com and iHeartRadio. We want to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at thriveglobal.com or reach out on social media using the hashtag 
Thrive podcast and tell us who you'd like to hear from and what are your favorite life hacks. Until next time, be well and thrive. The Thrive Global Podcast is brought to you by Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number bed, you can adjust the bed on each side so both you and your partner can experience your best sleep. And with Sleep IQ technology, you'll know how you slept. Does your bed do that? Check out the beds at sleepnumber.com thrive. And of course, don't forget to turn off your devices before you tuck in. At CarMax, we're pretty flexible with how you can buy a car. If you'd rather scroll through 50,000 cars instead of walking the lot, go for it. If you want to see how a car smells on the lot before you buy it, by all means. Hey, we all have our things. Want the whole thing to come to you without ever leaving home? Buy online. Compare how the speakers sound when playing your favorite mix? Yep, visit our lot. And if you want to browse a little on the lot and in select markets have it delivered at home, we're certainly not stopping you. CarMax, the way it should be. A payroll and HR company needs to be prepared for whatever is going to happen. You could say that over 70 years of experience helping businesses all over the world run smoothly is good preparation. But for ADP, that's not enough. To make sure millions of people are getting paid on time and in compliance, we're staying on top of each new piece of legislation. So when it comes down to it, ADP isn't just a payroll and HR company. We're the company that helps you navigate the complexities. ADP, HR talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people.